The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio. Radio. 6.30 Chad. Up the right-hand side, an attempted pass for Kajula. Picked off Kuznetsov. Drag move around one man. Takes it behind the net. And tucked it past Camp Talbot, I believe. What a play by Evgeny Kuznetsov. A little drag move and then slid it five-hole on Camp Talbot. Just inside the far post. It's 4-2 caps. A promising start tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. A disappointing finish. The Capitals score five straight goals and pick up a 5-2 victory here at Rogers Place of Jenny Kuznetsov leading the way. Two goals in the third period, including that cute tuck back to make it 4-2 with just over four minutes to go. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 11 o'clock along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. We'll have post-game from both teams as well. The Oilers go up 2-0 tonight. Rob, they look very good. The Capitals rally to tie it. It's 2-2 after two. Fifth straight game. The Oilers have been tied after two periods, but they can't get the third goal that could have made a difference tonight. How come? Well, I, I think you got to look at the, the play of Holtby. Holtby was very, very good. <laughs> There's one shift in the, the third period, and it all started with Connor McDavid. He A dump in that looks like an innocent play. The Capitals get control of the puck, and McDavid strips them, and it turns into four scoring chances. And two of them were point blank, one by Benning, one by uh, UC Okunen, and Holby comes up with big saves. And I think uh, I don't want to pin this on, on the goaltending, but the saves came for Holtby, and this, the big saves that the Washington Capitals needed came by Holtby, whereas on the other end, Talbot didn't make the big saves that he needed. And the, the fourth goal is a big example of that. Uh, a misplay in the neutral zone, a, a, a defensive lapse, just inside the blue line, and then Kuznetsov scoring from behind the net. So Holtby was very good. Talbot wasn't as good as Holtby, and the Oilers, when they did press in the third period, Holtby made big saves. Two areas of weakness for the Edmonton Oilers this season and that they'll have to improve for our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Penalty killing and power play. Neither has been very good. Now, the Oilers were not shorthanded tonight. They would have been, but Washington scored with the uh, with the goalie out of the net and the extra attacker on the ice. The Oilers' penalty killing coming in tonight was last in the NHL at 70.3%. The penalty or the power play coming in tonight was 25th in the NHL. It goes 0 for 4 to now sink to 12.1% on the season. We're 10 games into the year. The Oilers have scored four power play goals yeah not good enough not near good enough um the specialty teams in a league where specialty teams win and lose hockey games is a pretty good indication of why the oilers are, are near the bottom of the western conference standings uh they have a, a big physical hockey club that likes to bully the opposition but that has to be reined in when you can't kill the penalties off that you take you get uh, opportunities in a game on the power play and and i gotta be honest when when I watch the Oilers' power play units, when the McDavid unit's out there, 
you feel they have a chance to score. When that when the minute comes up and the minute 10 comes up and they ice the puck and, and, and they change and the second unit comes out, I, I don't have that confidence. That line is going to get anything going. So the, the second unit's got nothing going. The first unit... Uh, it's passing up on shots, and and what, what, the one thing I, I I'd love to see them fix, and and I'm sure that they're going to look at it through video. They have a power play at the end of the game. Uh, there are six on four. The puck came back to Clefbaum twice. He lets bombs go. Nobody in front of the net, and it, it, it's a six on four. So in, in reality, you should have two guys standing in front of the net, and the others are all getting a little more perimeter. And in the National Hockey League, perimeter teams don't win you've got to go to the ugly areas and if you watch if anyone watches the last two minutes when they're on the power play there nobody's in front of the goaltender Holtby and Holtby when he's on his game and he was certainly on his game tonight when he's on his game he's going to stop Clefbaum from the point you've got to get in front of his eyes the others didn't do that and that's one of the reasons their power play I think hasn't been as successful this year is the big blast from the point from Clefbaum is being seen by the goaltenders because they're keeping things a little too perimeter. Yeah, Braden Holtby, excellent tonight. 38 saves to get the win. The Capitals respond after getting blown out 6-2 in Vancouver the other night. The Oilers 3-6-1 on the season. They have yet to win back-to-back games all season long. Uh, their th- three, uh, their five-game homestand will continue with Game 3 Wednesday against Pittsburgh. I mean, they're, they're, they're in a hole here. Um, I mean, in the like you said, in the Western Conference, the only team they're ahead of is Arizona. Arizona has not won a game. Uh, Calgary and San Jose are three points each ahead of Edmonton. So oddly enough, you got three teams who were in the playoffs last year as three of the bottom four teams in the Western Conference. So things are, are a little upside down. Well, right and, and what scares you about that too? So on the outside looking in right now, Anaheim, Minnesota, San Jose, Calgary. Those four teams are teams you felt that would challenge for a playoff spot or, or would be in the playoffs they're all on the outside so now the others are not just having to catch you know they're not the also rans not have to get past colorado or get past you know vegas you got to get past good teams that right now are off to slow starts as well but slow starts that are still ahead of the Oilers in the standings. so it is way too early the oilers can get on a, a roll and they need to get on a roll but as we've seen so many times in, in the western conference lost points at the beginning of the season come back and haunt you at the end of the year and the, what you don't want to put yourself in a position to do is you don't want to have to go into the last eight to ten games of the season needing to win needing help from other teams and if if you go through an injury bug and you don't have those points banked from early in the season that'll come back to bite you so the Oilers have wasted an opportunity with a pretty favorable early schedule here in in in, in October Capitals win at 5-2 tonight we'll get to your phone calls in a couple of minutes but first downstairs for GCL diesel serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices here's head coach Todd McClellan Todd up uh, a couple of goals did your team just change the way it played or what happened there well, we didn't uh, sustain it by any means. Um, I thought the goal at the end of the first period didn't help us. That changed the momentum and gave them a little life going into uh, into the break, and it was very preventable again. Um, and then we came out in the second, and for about the first 10 or 12 minutes, we turned the puck over uh, way, way too much, fed right into their transition, and they got going. And uh, we chased it from there, uh, bled into the third, where we were uh, on our t- not on our toes uh, assignment-wise. and. All of a sudden, you're down one, and they're uh, they're very capable of, of holding the lead, and we saw that. You um, 
the players were talking about turnovers too, and I know it's you had a lot of game left when that seemed to start. Though was it frustrating you weren't able to, to work that out of your game? By the well, I, you know what I thought we did, but we wasted um, you know the momentum changer at the end of the first uh, about the first 13, 14 minutes of the second period turnovers. Uh, slowly got it going again, but then the break. Uh, uh, going into the second and third, we never we never started again. We missed an assignment that um, we should have covered 99 out of 100 times, and it's in our net. And now you're playing from behind, and they're a good neutral zone team. They clog it up. Um, and they played well defensively. Um, their penalty kill obviously was good tonight, so they uh, they had the ability and the the talent tonight to, to hold on to the lead. Your power play. Could have got you back in it though. Yeah, but it didn't. Again, just what are you seeing there? It's it's uh, predictable. It's stationary. We're obviously going to have to change and move the personnel around uh, a fair amount. We we've given them enough opportunity. We've tweaked uh, a few things, but uh, uh, very um, no predictable and stationary are the two words that I would use. Well, last year, Oscar seemed to be able to get those shots through the net. Mm -hmm. Tonight, he's not getting them. He's well, he didn't have a particularly sharp game. So, um, you know, when you're not sharp all over the ice uh, to thread a shot through from the point is going to be a difficult task. But um, we, like I said, we've got to uh, we've got to shuffle the deck here a little bit and um, attempt uh, different types of units. Uh, Oscar's is he hurt? Is Oscar hurt? No, he's fine. How concerned are you about where his game is at, considering how many minutes he plays for you and how important he is? Well, our our go-to pair is uh, six and seventy-seven, and they've been on the ice for a lot of goals. So, um, you know, we'll have to uh, a lot of goals against. Pardon me, and we'll have to look at their pairing as well. And um, you know, last year when one wasn't going so good, the other could pull uh, uh, pull them out of it. Um, right now, they're both kind of. Uh, Wallowing, and, and maybe they need different partners as well. You passed the it's early sort of stage of the season where some losses come early, and you could say that, but it's ten games now and three wins. Yeah, there's nothing early about this. Like, let's not kid ourselves. This we're an eighth into the season. There's a lot of points that have gone by, and um, you know you never get them back. And uh, they have the same value now as they do at the end of the year, but uh, uh, not a, it's tough falling behind in a game. It's also tough falling behind uh, in the season. So we got a lot, a lot of work ahead of us, and we're going to have to play better than we have. It's it's as simple as that. We don't have enough players playing at uh, at their capabilities, or at least what we believe their capabilities are, um, to consistently win. So do you want you don't you would wish your players would stop saying we've still got 70 games left. Well, because that's what they keep saying. Well, we got lots of time. Well, we, of yeah, but the sand goes through the the hourglass pretty quick at the end. It, you know, it's it's consistent, but it, it still feels like it goes a lot quicker. And um, we got to shake this off and get going. We need to put a string of games yeah. together now. Um, I don't want our team thinking about 70 games. I want them thinking about tomorrow and uh, the next day, and then the next day, and take it one one game at a time. But. Um, um, that's a mistake that a sleepy team can make, and, and uh, we've been sleepy so far, so let's let's correct it. Okay, thanks, Todd. Okay. Thanks, Todd. All right, so that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. The Oilers beaten tonight 5-2 by the Washington Capitals. Power play 0-4-4 tonight, and that was a big focus of the questioning there, Rob. And McClellan emphasized two words on the Oilers' power play, predictable and stationary. Well, yeah, it, it is. Um, you can see that 
there's there's no surprises in the National Hockey League. There there really isn't. With the the way that teams are coached, they've got a video coach that goes through everything that the team that they're going to play is, so they know exactly what the Oilers want to do on their power play. Now, if the Oilers are standing in the same positions the entire power play, as he said, they're they're just standing there. They they're not moving. The defenders don't have to move. And I've always found that on the power play, the power play starts to create things off the first shot on net because now the puck goes somewhere and now you're running around. And most goals I found score are scored when the penalty killer, killers get tired. Well, they're not going to get tired if they don't have to move. And anyone that watches the other's games know exactly where all five players that the others have on the power play are going to be standing because they keep going there. So the others have got to move the puck around, but they've got to start getting pucks to the net. They've got to drive the net. Uh, you know, Connor McDavid, when he has it on the, the half wall, goes down to dry settle, drive through the middle. Drysaddle's good enough to make that pass. If the defender comes with you, well, now Drysaddle's got the, the defenseman coming in, and now he's open. But you got to get movement, and we've seen a lot of really good power plays that have come through here, and how how uh, the movement that they have, and they're just guys, the defenseman all of a sudden down below the goal line, and the forwards moved up to the top. And once you start moving around and getting the defenders moving around, that's when an assignment gets missed, that's when a defender gets tired, and that's when you create your best scoring chances. 5-2, the Capitals take down the Oilers tonight. Reed and Rob with you at Rogers Place. 780-496-0063. We have Kent from Ottawa on the line. Hey, Kent, thanks for staying up in the East and giving us a call. Oh, thanks, guys. Uh, it's nice to talk about special teams and stuff like that, power, uh, penny to kill power play, but we really lost this, like, 5-on-5, five five, and I was really disappointed in the defensive play of our first pairing as well as the defensive play of the second line, who just seemed to basically lose the game for us. And, um, you know, I, I like RNH. I think he's a really, really, really important player for, for, um, for us. And I'd really like to see him be given the tools to succeed defensively. And when you put him with Strom and Lucic, I don't know that you're doing that, especially because Lucic, who is a player that I liked when he was bought with Boston and stuff like that, like I followed them quite a bit, he's just not a good defensive player. You know, he's really slow. He's not able to get his stick in the right place at the right time. And I really don't know what you do with Luch because I think he has to be on a line that's getting offensive zone starts and not one that's primarily being relied on defensively. No, I mean, good points, good points. Uh, I mean, there was a couple goals tonight that had, that Nugent Hopkins was on the ice for the last couple of games that had nothing to do with his line mates. The goal tonight, I think it was the, the third goal, uh, the Washington Capitals go cross ice with a pass, so that had the two Oilers defensemen wide, and Nugent Hopkins, I believe, was the guy in the middle, and his mm -hmm. guy just went in and scored. And so that's not mm -hmm. on Lucic, that's on no. Nugent Hopkins. But I understand what you're saying. The one thing that... We've seen, and Reed and I have talked about a little bit on our show, is pucks along the boards. The wingers have to get those pucks out, and at times uh, Milan hasn't gotten the pucks out. And you would think for him it would be easy. He's a big, strong man, get that puck and get it out, but they haven't. And when you are playing on the line that he's on, and they are usually playing against the other team's best players, you cannot... Uh, turn the puck over in your own zone. You cannot give the offensive team, the best offensive players on the other team, second and third chances because they will make you pay, as we've seen so far this season. So uh, I, I, some of what you said there, yeah, it, the Oilers uh, defensively and some of their players that should be good defensively 
haven't been as good with missed assignments and the lack of communication. Rough one for the Oilers. They lose 5-2 for the fourth straight weekend. We have an Eskimos-Oilers doubleheader for you here on 630, Chad. And for the fourth straight weekend, the Eskimos win and the Oilers lose. Earlier today, the Eskimos beating Calgary 29-20. More phone calls coming up. More post-game reaction from both dressing rooms. 5-2, Capitals take down the Oilers. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. Three on two, Washington, Backstrom, Novechkin in front. Oshie somehow unable to score. Talbot ended up pad stacking, and Ovechkin snapped one wide, glove side, and Talbot might have gotten a piece of that as well. I don't know how T.J. Oshie didn't score. Center Ovechkin, beautiful one-touch, and for whatever reason, Baxter wasn't ready. Back to Ovechkin, one-timer, save made by Cam Talbot. The Oilers were just swimming in their own end, and somehow the Caps are unable to grab the lead. A lot of offensive chances in this game. Both goaltenders made some really good saves. That's Talbot's save of the game for Armour Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armour at armorinsurance.ca. But in the end, he is out-dueled by Braden Holtby in the Caps net. And Washington, despite falling behind 2-0 in the first period, beats the Oilers 5-2. Thanks for staying up with us. It's 11:20 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We have uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov coming up in a couple minutes. He scored two goals in the third period tonight. But first, at 780-496-0063, here's Greg. Hi, Greg. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing well. Um, well, I've got a couple things to say real quick. Like, why can't both my teams win on the same day? It just, it's annoying. The Eskimos, great game tonight. The Oilers, yeah, not so much. But um, what I want to say is our special teams are killing us this year. Uh, five on five. We look good, uh, but our power play can't score. Our penalty, our penalty kill can't keep the puck out of the net. And with the power play, they need to shoot the puck. They're 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 doing too many passes, too many cute plays. Trying to look for that that um, like tap in front of the net, shoot the puck, go for rebounds, get the big bodies in front of the net, and the power play will will do better. So I just want your thoughts on that because. If they shoot the puck more on the power play, it it'll be more successful. Well, we were just talking about that. That I, uh, from all the years that I've been on the power play and, and watched teams with it, most scoring opportunities come off the first shot because if you are just moving the puck around the outside, not passing the puck, a the defenders just get to stand still, and b they're going to be in the right position. Once there's a, put, a shot put on net. Nobody knows where the rebound's going to go. And once the rebound pops out, well, now the defenders start running around. And that's when you get them into the wrong position. So, yes, they, the Oilers need to shoot more. But I think what you're going to see, and Tom McClellan talked about it, is they're now 10 games in. So everyone has had a great opportunity. They went with the same unit they had last year, the same unit. It was very, very successful. But it hasn't been very good yet this year. So there's going to be some changes, and uh, you have to do that. When, when there's a lack of success and a lack of success that is affecting the team, then you've got to make changes. So look in the next game against the Penguins for the Oilers to probably have two new-look power plays. Greg mentioned uh, one of his teams winning and the other one losing. The winner was the Edmonton Eskimos 29-20 over the Stamps as we check the Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard. What a year for the Eskimos. Win seven 
lose six and now win four in a row. One game left in the regular season. They can actually still get a home playoff game. They can actually still finish second, third, or fourth in the West Division. So a lot, they're in the playoffs, but we don't know uh, where or who they're going to be playing in a couple weeks. So that'll be fun to watch. They play at Saskatchewan next Saturday. In the NHL, the Avalanche are now 6-5, and five, beating Chicago 6-3. Sharks over the Sabres 3-2. The Kings are 9-1-1, one, one, beating Boston 2-1 in overtime. The Flyers down the Maple Leafs 4-2. The Canadians win on home ice 5-4 over the Rangers. Anaheim knocking off Tampa Bay 4-1. Detroit in a shootout 3-2 over the Panthers. The Devils beat the Coyotes 4-3. Two goals for Taylor Hall. Coyotes 0-10-1 on the season. Blues over the Blue Jackets 4-1. Two goals for Jordan Eberle, his first two of the season as the Islanders win 6-2 in Nashville. And the Wild edge the Penguins 2-1. A lot of 2-1 games. Well, three 2-1 games this week for the Penguins. Two, a uh, couple overtime wins and a and a loss today. But you're a little nervous about that because they're not scoring a lot of goals and you play <laughs> no, here right away. Eventually, Crosby and Malkin and the boys are going to get uh, the ship righted the offensively soon. You just hope it's not here against the Oilers in the next game. 780-496-0063. We'll say hi to one of our regulars. It's Jared checking in tonight. Jared, good to hear from you. Thanks for calling. Yeah, he's got a, cu- a couple comments. Uh, the first one, I think that the difference between the Dallas and Washington game was I, I thought that Dallas was much, much sloppier all over the ice in terms of, like, their dump-ins and chipping the puck out. And Washington looked razor sharp, and they just didn't give Edmonton, especially in the second and third period, much much opportunity to make any kind of transition, uh, transition plays. But the other concern... I have is that the Oilers seem to be somewhat dying off in the third period. And also the fact that they have trouble with some of the teams in the East. And I think long-term, a concern of mine is that if more teams in the West start to build their teams like in the East and the Oilers don't keep pace with that, I think the Oilers will have more trouble down the road. And I think that eventually if this team wins the Stanley Cup, I think their bottom six forwards and probably their bottom three defensemen are going to be different. Um, the other thing I would just like to say about Oscar Kleffbaum and Adam Larson, and uh, I just think that at times they have to realize they're going to be playing for the Stanley Cup and not the World Cup. I mean, they are so soft in their own end and with letting uh, forts penetrate, and I think that teams are starting to prey on that, and that's why they're on for so many goals against. That fourth goal that Adam Larson got burned on, that's an East Coast League play one-on-one. First of all, he's about 50 feet behind the puck. And then the guy comes in. He doesn't take the man. He just swings right around him, and there's a goal. And you look with Oscar Clefbaum, that these, and now Lars, they're not skilled enough just to be strictly offensive defensemen. And they have to, to a certain degree, punish Fords when they come in. Because these guys, the Fords just, the Washington Fords just come in, whether it was Bastrom or Ovechkin or whoever just came in, and they're not being touched. And now the opposition, if they have their video guys, are going to realize that this is, in a way, if this is their top pairing, they're, in a sense, uh, a weak link. And I guess, I I think I could say this on air, but what Todd McCall needs to do with those two guys, because they're playing, I think, a very lazy game, he just needs to give them both a boot in the ass, not out of Edmonton, but to get them going. Well, they, did, they didn't have a good game tonight, Jared, for sure. It's good to hear from you. Uh, Clefbaum obviously was minus four. Larson uh, scored but wound up minus two. I, I mean, I, I, I thought, Rob, the Oilers' two best defensemen tonight, probably in both ends of the ice, were Matt Benning 
and Darnell Nurse, and, and I'm going to give those guys uh, co-fourth stars of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and auto sale dates. It, it's a positive for those two guys who were under scrutiny going into the season. Okay, younger, less experienced defensemen, can they handle more responsibility, especially with, with Sekera out? Uh, Nurse really ha- has had a pretty good 10-game run. Benning, uh, tough game early, scratched and then sick and has come back strong, got, got a big goal. So it's um, it's sort of n- the, not the contributions you were necessarily expecting, not the guys struggling that you were expecting on the Oilers' defense and maybe not the guys excelling you were expecting either. Well, when when the Oilers knew that Sekra was going to be out for, for the first half of the season, they knew they were going to have to rely on some players. They, they, they hoped that Nurse and Benning were up to the task. And Nurse has been all season long. He's he's uh, exceeded what I thought he was capable of doing this early in his career. And Benning has gotten better. But the players they were really counting on was the Russell and the Clefbaum and, and the Larson, those guys to carry the big the, the big load. Well, right now, Russell has moved down. He's playing with Griba on the fourth pairing. He only played 12 minutes tonight. Mm-hmm. So obviously the coaching staff isn't playing him as much as you thought he would play. And then the, the top pairing... Have had some lapses. Um, just, and we've seen it a couple times this year with with Oscar Clefbaum, the ill-advised pinch. He had one. Was it about a week ago? Twenty seconds into the game, oh, against pin- Carolina. Yeah. Against Carolina, he pinches twenty seconds into the game and gives up uh, the the odd man break, and they score. Huge moment in the game tonight. End of the first period, they got a two nothing lead. That the the Oilers played very well in the in the first period. He pinches on a 50-50 play, misses the puck, misses the man. They go down, they score a huge goal at that point. So there's there's moments in a game where you have to manage the game. Uh, there's times when you need to pinch and there's times when you need to back off. And if you're playing top-pairing minutes, that means you're usually playing against the other team's best players. You cannot afford to do to, to, to go for those 50-50 plays because the, the risk is too high. The puck's going to end up in the back of your net when you didn't really need to do that. So uh, Oscar Clefbaum still on the learning curve, obviously. If he wants to be a top-minute guy, which he is, there's times when you have to manage the game and manage the way you play the game. And tonight was an, an example of him managing it poorly. What, did, what does McClellan say? Sometimes you have to punt. Yeah, and you do right there. I mean, at the worst, if he backs up, it's a 3-on-2 with a back checker coming back. And you can delay the, the, the guys with the puck to try and let your back checker get back in the play. But he went up and stuck his stick out. Carlson, nice job putting the puck past him. It also turns into a four-on-one, more or less, mm-hmm. uh, with, with Ovechkin and Knutsov on the ice. I mean, you're just asking for trouble. And the Oilers gave up a huge goal at the end of the first period. And I've been in, in, in dressing rooms at the end of the first period when I've been on a team that scored a late goal. And I know the mood in that dressing room. It is awesome. And I've been on teams that have given up a goal late in a period. And it's demoralizing. And the Capitals went with a, even though they were down 2-1 after 20 minutes, were feeling good about themselves. And the Oilers, even though they were up 2-1, were disappointed in the way the period ended. Kuznetsov, big game for Washington. Two goals in the third period to lead them to a 5-2 win. You're down to the Caps dressing room. Here's Kuznetsov. It seemed like smith Pelly was a pretty good compliment to you, too. Where did he do kind of well with you guys? Uh... I mean, uh, like uh, I always said, it doesn't matter with who you play. It's uh, it's about how you play and how you find the chemistry, how you talk. And uh, me and Divo and Ovi, we got a little talk and uh, we understand pretty pretty quick. But uh, one game, it's it's nothing. You know, we we gotta play more than one game. Did they kind of talk to you at all about trying to find, shoot more yourself? It's, it's only you. <laughs> no, nobody talked to me about that. And, uh, <laughs> 
I feel like sometimes I have to shoot, but uh, that's 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 who I am, you know. And I, even that that late in the third period shot when I hit the post, I see all wide open, and uh, that's probably why I missed that shot. You had a five-point night in here a couple of years ago, didn't you? Yeah. Good town for you. Yeah, like I said, that's my favorite town because Jason Chimera from this town and he's my <laughs> one of the big friends. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Is this the kind of win where maybe that gives you guys some momentum going into tomorrow and you can start to kind of string some wins together? I believe, yeah, especially like end of the game when uh, PK guys kill the penalty, that's huge for us. And, uh, hey, you know, we, we, we used, used to be one of the best team in the league and, uh, and the PK and power played, but the last few games were not going well. And uh, that last power play, well, that last PK, that's huge for us. And uh, guys will feel more comfortable for sure. Not a, it's a rare night for Ovechkin to have three assists. Usually he's the guy scoring. Uh, does it show that his game is well-rounded, that he can do uh, different things except for just fire away? I think he, he never be selfish, right? He always unselfish and uh, we always talk to him and just don't, don't shoot like 15 times, just save the puck because right now the hockey is so tough to defend when you play without puck and uh, when guys play with the puck in your zone like 15, 20 seconds and it's pretty tough because it's so many skilled players right now and uh, it's very tough to defend. Johnson work in the Capitals dressing room of Jenny Kuznetsov. First star of the game tonight with two goals, Ovechkin three assists is the second star, and uh, Adam Larson picked the third star by Hockey Night in Canada. You're going to hear from Connor McDavid, more of your phone calls. Capitals take down the Oilers 5-2. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. So here's what you heard on 6.30 Chet today. You heard the Edmonton Eskimos beat the Calgary Stampeders 29-20. Then you heard the Washington Capitals beat the Edmonton Oilers 5-2. Should also mention on the Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard, the World Series is now tied 2-2. Dodgers over the Astros 6-2. This was an interesting one. It was 1-1 going into the ninth. And the Dodgers got five, and Houston got one back in the bottom of the ninth. It's been a pretty, uh, I mean, a much closer game, obviously, than 6-2 tonight. Well, it was, and the, the Dodger pitcher gave up uh, one hit. <laughs> it was when he got pulled, he'd yeah, only get up one hit. But it was a home run. So uh, it's, been a, it's a, been a good playoffs. I, hopefully it goes to seven. I'm cheering for the Astros. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins at Rogers Place. 780-496-0063 is how you reach us. And we have Cam standing by on the line. Hey, Cam, thanks for calling. How's she going, fellas? Yeah, we're doing all right. It's good to hear from you. Yeah, you too. Hey, listen, thanks. Uh, I won that U-Park uh, package last week, so thank you to you guys. All oh, right, good stuff. And I'm going to actually, because uh, I don't live in Edmonton, I'm going to just put it on Twitter that if someone from Edmonton wants it, um, I'll just take the money from it and they can make a donation to that uh, Hockey Helps Kids that the Cates uh, family does. Sure, yeah. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, Cam from Canada, underscore Cam, underscore from, underscore Canada. And I'll, I'll put it on there too, Reed. Maybe I'll send it out. But, yeah, I'll just make a donation because I won't be able to use it. It'll just go to waste. And, okay. and so That's cool. Donation. Be awesome, yeah, for sure. Um, so I was just going to say that uh, um, the short side for Talbot is not working. Something's really drastically wrong. I went through, I think, what have we given up, 33 goals this year? Is it We're averaging 3.3 per game, and it's 10 
10 games. So if we've given up 33 and Broussard gave up probably six or seven, I, I, would he have given up any less than 15 goals on, the, on his short side this year? Well, I'd have to go back and watch them all. I have a hard time remembering what I did this morning, let alone what Talbot did three weeks ago. But Which, I, tr I trust I trust your judgment. Or yeah, well, you, you, if you've looked at it, I trust you. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. So I'm not sure what's happening there. There seems to be a little bit of a little bit of a hitch in his movement, and I don't know what it is. But um, you know, he's he's going to have to be better. Like if this team is supposed to win a Stanley Cup eventually, like. He's going to need to be a lot better, and I don't say that to be disrespectful, but you know he just is. So um, the other thing I was going to say is that, uh, and, I'll, and then I'll leave with the question: We don't attack the middle of the ice like the new hockey here. My understanding is that the idea is to try to attack the dots as much as possible, and then get support. But you want to get bodies going to the blue paint, and like there's just no hard initiatives it doesn't seem like there's any passion to get through the dots um we're getting a little bit institutionalized like it's almost like an adam team i said that earlier in the in the winter but like let's get it to connor no matter what and like you see guys attack they gain the blue line and then they, you know, soft pedal something back to him or they look for him. And we're not getting any action through the dots. We're not attacking the middle of the lane. And everything is all about the puck creating um, lanes to the net as opposed to bodies. With this big team, that's a waste of time. And then the final question I would ask, I would ask a question and then I'll just I'll get off and let you guys answer it, if you will. When we talk about that pinch, was that pinch that was cleft bomb, was it not? Was yes, it was. I saw it, and I couldn't believe it. It was, on the left, it was on the left wall, the defensive left wall, right? Yep. And are there not, this would be my question, and I'm not trying to incriminate or, or make, you know, Coach McClellan or whoever's working with the guys look bad, but when you have now into his third year with the team are there not some never never principles I, I understand read and react I understand making and making decisions but are there not some things that are just inexcusable in in the repertoire of a player and in that situation you know you're up to nothing you have the momentum and we were sustaining pressure like very much so Aren't there some never-nevers that should be coming into play? You never do this. You only do this. And should not be, be second nature at that stage of the game that it doesn't happen? So I'll back off the player a little bit, and I'll ask why that's being allowed. And if it is being allowed, is that an issue, or you know, where are we at on that? So I'll, just, I'll get off now, and I'll listen. Thanks, Cam. No, it's not allowed. And Todd McCullen talked about it when uh, Oscar Clefbaum did it against Carolina to start a game. And Todd talked about it after that game, saying that it was a terrible pinch that cost them a goal early in the game. It was inexcusable. And then tonight he, he mentioned in his post game that it was a bad pinch at the wrong time. There, there's no good time to pinch when, and, and have the player get by you and the puck get by you. you you've got to take one, and it's something that you teach kids at a young age. You know what? If you're going to pinch, you've got to take the puck or you've got to get the player. You can't let both get by you. 
uh, you also game manage. And you got to know at certain points in a game, you don't do that. If you're up two goals or you're up a goal late in the game, you never pinch because you're playing more of a prevent. It's like in football. You play a prevent defense because you got the lead. You're protecting it. Well, the Oilers had the lead late in the first period. They didn't need a goal in the final 30 seconds of the period. They just needed to get out of the period up 2 nothing. Instead, they pinch. Clefbaum does. Puckets poke by. Now, all of a sudden, it's a four-on-one, and you've got the other team's best players on the ice because Clefbaum plays against the best players. So that is on the player. The player will be talked to. The player will be shown video. Um... Obviously, it's something they do not want to continue. Uh, but it, you're not going to sit a player down for the remainder of the game because he made a mistake. Uh, you can go through every single player that was on the ice tonight, and they all made mistakes. It's uh, That one was just a really, really big one at a very inopportune time. Capitals beat the Oilers 5-2. Ten games in for Edmonton. They are struggling record of 3-6-1. Their captain is Connor McDavid. Let's hear from him courtesy of GCL Diesel. Serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Connor, in your mind, uh, what changed or what happened after you guys were up 2 nothing in that game? Uh, we just stopped uh, doing what we, what we were doing. I mean, we were getting pucks in, getting after their D, uh, you know, forcing turnovers. Um, and uh, you know, we came out in the second, and we decided that we were going to turn the puck over through the middle and um, let the blue line kind of be a barrier for us. And uh, you know, they're, they're as good as anyone off the rush. It's uh, three wins in your first ten here. From here. Obviously, this isn't the start that you guys wanted. How do you keep things up in here, and where do you go from here? Uh, I think we got to understand it's only ten games. Um, you know, you said it, not the start we wanted, but we got 72 left. You know, it's a long ways away. It's uh, a lot of hockey left, and. There's a lot of teams that uh, haven't got off to the start that they necessarily uh, wanted, and um, we'll battle out of it. There's a lot of good teams in this league, and uh, it's going to be hard to push your way back into the to the mix. There's just so many teams that can win on any given night now. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, there's a lot of good teams in the league. It's NHL. That's uh, to be expected. Um, and we're a good team, too. I think uh, we can't forget that. And, um, no, we're 10 games in. People need to remember that. I mean, this is obviously not the start we wanted, but um, we had 72 left. It's a lot of points for grabs. Cup for grabs. Goal late in the first period that was a bit of a killer considering you don't the first period. Yeah, uh, you definitely don't uh, like to give up goals uh, you know, late in the period or early in the period, but um, you know, we did that. And um, you know, it definitely uh, brought us down a little bit, but I thought we, we did uh, a good job trying to bring it back up. Obviously came out a little flat in the second and they took over, so. On the power play, you guys are getting chances, getting shots through, but what uh, doesn't seem to be working in order to get the pucks in the net? Yeah, you know, we just haven't been uh, getting the bounce, we've been getting the looks we want. Um, you know, you look over the past 10 power plays or so, we're getting grade A chances and they're just not finding their way into the net. Uh, that's how it goes sometimes. And you need one and, and uh, you know, uh, the floodgates are open on the power play. Uh, you don't like the chances that we've been giving up. Uh, tonight we gave a breakaway. You don't like that, but um, you know, we've been getting the chances. Read that's Connor McDavid. Thanks a lot, Brendan. All right, the Oilers do get 40 shots tonight, but just two goals. If they score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village goal light on 630ched.com slash Oilers. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. 5-2, the... Capitals win and I gotta tell you Rob before we bring Chad on the phone lines 
I am more of the mindset of Todd McClellan than I am of Connor McDavid in terms of uh, 10 games. I, I, I realize it is only 10 games. Every team's going to have a bad 10-game segment where you go 3-6-1, and 4-6, whatever. Pick, pick a combination. But off the off the top, it does put you in a hole. Mm-hmm. It does maybe put some doubt in your mind. It does maybe uh, make the team look a little more vulnerable to the opponents. Not that I'm saying they were invulnerable, but you know what I mean. There is there is a, a mental aspect, a preparation aspect to the game. And, and like I was saying, when they were one and four, one and three, you're you're playing uphill. And, and so let's let's say best case scenario, they sweep the rest of this homestand. Great. You're still only 500. Then you got a lot of road games coming up, rest of November. I mean, this I'm not writing them off by any means, but this is a long haul, a long process to to cement positioning. I feel it is. And when a player answers a question after a game when they don't play well, uh, or or after a game that they lose, I mean. They're, they're tired of the same questions. They're tired of the, you know, what's wrong with the team? Why aren't you, why is your power play no good? How'd you give up a two-goal lead? How'd you lose at home again? And as a player, you're just like, you know what, enough, all right? It's 10 games, let's, let's just be, we're going to be fine. So a lot of it, it's not, is their belief that, you know what, there's no problems where everything is hunky-dory, things are going to work out well, but they're just tired of the questions. And he said, you know what, it's 10 games into the season, we'll be fine. And he's got a belief. I mean, Connor McDavid is, if not the best in the world, he's in the top two. He's got a belief that things are going to turn around and they're going to be better. And then all of a sudden, you know, 10 games down the line, they go 9-1 and one or 8-2 and two in those, and everyone forgets about the start. In a, in a world where you live in uh, 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 this, this hockey-mad country and this hockey-mad city, and, the, you know, the, this, the mood of the city is dependent on how the Oilers and the Eskimos do sometimes you just have to as when you're the player you just you're right, I'm done I just want to go home forget about this I'll come back I'll work hard tomorrow yet you got all these reporters asking you all these questions that are about the negative nature of what's going on so I do believe that Connor McDavid realizes the position the team is in he realizes that this team has to get better and has to get better quickly and he just is answering it in a very positive way said all right we're going to be all right just to appease the the media and appease the fans five two capitals take it tonight at rogers place seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three we'll welcome chad to the show hey chad go ahead hey guys how's it going tonight doing pretty good yeah well uh, i just got a couple questions here but first i just want to say that uh you know october's over and i think they the oil should just sweep this one under the carpet you know pitter it's pitter patter time now after this one um, but my first question is here, uh, like Cass- Cassian, in my opinion, I think he was our, our best oiler tonight. Uh, like that one shift, that one shift he had, like just stirred the crowd up in the first period. And then, uh, Todd kind of got away from that and the banging crash line. Like, what's your guys' opinion on that? Does like, does he deserve to move up and maybe get a chance with Mike McDavid and create some space for that guy? I don't think you're going to see him play with McDavid because if you do, then you're moving Dreisaitl off of the right side. I think Cassian had some great games as a third and fourth liner early in the season. They moved him up in the lineup, and he had a little stretch where he was getting first and second line minutes and things didn't go as well. I think the coaching staff wasn't happy with some of the, the penalties that Cassian was taking that put his team in a hole. And then he got moved back down into the role that they thought he was going to be in. Yeah, he did have a couple of really good shifts early. Um, and I'm sure with the way that the Oilers 
uh, game went tonight that you may see different lines for next game. I think Cassian is a very, very effective third-line player. And I don't know if moving him up in the lineup to the first or second line is going to uh, be something that he is going to be a consistent uh, performer at. But I do believe that when he is on his game and he, he is playing the way he's capable of playing, that the Oilers are a much better hockey club. All right, Chad, you're going to finish the play looking at an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set U Park, brought to you by Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. Here we go. And it's quickly played ahead to Larson. He did not get it out, but McDavid won a stick battle, and now it's two-on-one. Drysaddle in over the line. Dishes McDavid back to Drysaddle. One-timer denied by Holtby, and he was able to freeze the rebound. All right, that was 40 seconds into the first period or the third period, Chad. Oh, man, that's tough, and I was at the game, too. <laughs> uh, first period. Absolutely. Good job. That was 40 seconds into the game. McDavid dropped pass to Dreisaitl when it looked like he might shoot it, of course, in the first minute of the third period because Netsov scored what turned out to be the game-winning goal. It is 11:51. Capitals beat the Oilers 5-2. Robert, Jesse, 780-496-0063. You're up next. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line.